The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to a good football show. I am Matt Straup. The month of July is here. The start of the regular season is exactly 10 weeks away as we sit down to do this. And that means it is time to do some drafting. Our very own C.D. Carter, lover of Arby's, sworn enemy of the cicadas, author of countless self-published online books, will be live drafting a fake football team today. I'm joined by John Daigle, Pat Doherty, and the aforementioned Danny Carter. And it looks like we are underway. Danny, are you on the clock right now? I I am. I, I have the fifth pick. I'm going to go with the anchor, the the old anchor in Alvin Kamara. Um, Sell out. Yeah, yeah, I know. In best ball, I do the anchor, okay? And and I and I won't apologize. I mean, I'll apologize a little bit. But, this is uh, a – oh, go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say incredible work by the producers uh, of this show to time it out so that we got in right when Denny was on the clock. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, this is actually a 12-team league as well. This is not a tournament team, so this strategy should fit outside of the minor adjustments you'll make for best ball and redraft formats, but this strategy should fit your home team 12-team league, assuming Denny doesn't get fired like by the second pick. Yeah, right. Which, <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest. Decent yeah. chance of that. It Absolutely. could happen. It could happen. Folks, all right, I'm queuing up some receivers. So what I usually do you know, in, in best ball leagues, uh, if I have a top four or five pick, I, I usually go with a running back. Uh, past that, I will go wide receiver usually or or Travis Kelsey. And then, so after I take that running back, I will probably, depending on how things fall, take you know six to seven non-running backs after that. Okay, so it doesn't have to be wide receiver, obviously, but um, you know it, it, that that allows me usually to get a top end quarterback. It allows me to get a top end tight end. Um, I've really grown to enjoy that strategy. I am happy with the start because I've always felt like a villain on the show. Whenever you mention zero RB and I say, no, just let the board fall to you. Even though I do support zero RB, because in this case, it's not zero RB. You went acre hero to start in the first five or six picks, which is what I always do as well. So uh, congrats to I, I did it as Pat would say, I didn't jokerify the whole podcast. I feel better now <laughs> about my opinion. Yeah, it's better when we're not joker-fied, I think. That's correct. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. So we've seen seven, the first seven picks were running backs. Then it was Travis Kelsey, eighth, Tyreek Hill, ninth, and then back to running back with Pat's probably favorite player this season, Cam Akers, going 10th, <laughs> which seems to be right around where he's going in a lot of drafts. Pat, why, why is everyone, when I, whenever I take Cam Akers uh, in the, in the you know, I don't know, it, sometimes he falls into the second. Well, at least he was last month or two months ago. People are telling me this is a terrible pick. Why are people telling you that? I think a lot of it, I mean, it might be some of John Daigle's burners because um, the Daryl <laughs> Henderson like, hive is still alive and well out there. And yeah, the, the resume, when you look back, it was so memorable, like, you know, the, the end of season finish, but it, it was very small sample size. And it was when the, Ray, the Rams, of course, just basically totally logged off of Jared Goff and had decided they couldn't win games with the passing offense at all. So I guess just maybe – like the fear that this might be a two-man backfield permanently following uh, Todd Gurley, the Todd mm-hmm. Gurley era, you know, the reemergence of like the viable passing attack with the Rams. But I, I think I still take the, the very bright positive view of Cam Akers where a very high draft pick. We saw, even if it was a small sample size, we saw a special rookie year run where a, a rookie did lived up to his pre-draft billing you put an offense on his back for a stretch. Daryl Henderson, you know, had opportunities to do that. And the, the coaching staff seemed kind of cooled on Daryl Henderson just in general. I'm sure he'll catch passes, but Cam Akers should catch more passes. You know, he wasn't involved really as a pass catcher last year, but he can do that. And I, I think there are justifiable fears with Cam Akers, mm-hmm. but I, I still tend to take, not tend, I do take the positive view mm-hmm. of the situation. I, I still love Daryl Henderson, the player, and he was really good when he was healthy last year, but Cam Akers won the job for a reason, and all the word out of OTAs is it's all Cam Akers. Like, Henderson doesn't even have a role in the offense. Uh, also, some people scoff at this metric, but the Rams are projected with the easiest schedule of opposing, opposing rush defenses. That doesn't tell me at the end of the year they're going to play, since so much can change, but the weighted teams in that metric is what I like to talk about because that tells us he has at least has an easy path to that range. And so, yeah, he's my RB eight overall. He is the start of the second tier for me. I love Cam makers this year. Also just getting an elite quarterback to open the field more for your running back. Like it's not surprising if they're going to average over six yards per play. And that of course helps mm-hmm. acres. Uh, I have the, the two eight right now. Uh, I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley over AJ Brown. I'm going to stay consistent with my post Julio trade take on, on Ridley. I want to get to Brown in, in a, in a second. I would have gone with Darren Waller. He went one pick before me, which is quite, quite devastating. But uh, so I, so I went with Ridley. 
fine. It's a, he's a fine consolation prize. Uh, my, my one issue and, and tell me if you guys agree with taking Ridley is that I don't want to stack him <laughs> with Matt Ryan. Like I don't want I do not want to do it. Even though Matt Ryan is available pretty late. How dare you? I just, that's just, it's just gross. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. I'm as a, as a lifelong Hawks and Falcons fan, this hurts to say, <laughs> but but uh, uh, yeah, so what, what do you think about stacking? I mean, is it is it necessary when you're investing that that high a pick in in Ridley? I have been of the opinion, much like DFS tournaments last year, where it was popular to stack a matchup and then stack an opposing offense we know was going to score a lot of points. Guys like Ridley and Pitts, if you have them both, don't necessarily need Matt Ryan because beyond the top five, uh, quarterback production is replaceable for a reason it's been like that historically like the top is what separated themselves last year in margin of scoring not the rest of the replaceable guys and so if you have two players of standalone value Tyreek Hill and like Kelsey as well for instance you don't need to reach above ADP for the quarterback you got offensive stacks and so that's how I feature it I think people are making a mistake in reaching ADP for uh quarterback stacking beyond the top five right. can I can I ask a question is it becoming controversial not to stack is that is that what we're headed towards here with Denny and this this Denny John comment? Or it sounds like it's becoming controversial not to stack. Well, Con- you feel compelled. I mean, I, for me, if I if I invest a second round pick in a in a, uh, a wide receiver, I feel compelled to try to like squeeze as much out of that as I can by getting his quarterback, even if his quarterback is is very old and in a new system, uh, and um, you know wasn't wasn't good last year without Julio Jones. So but then that that's still more of like a tournament or a best ball approach, right? I mean, we're not, we're not bringing the stacking revolution to straight up redraft. Well, no, I mean, not that we're not, but uh, this, I feel it's still much more of a concern, right? In tournaments and best ball or, or am I mistaken? Is stacking the way of the future, even in good old fashioned uh, normal redraft? Uh, I still I stack and redraft. Sorry, Denny. Uh, no. I still stack and redraft, but also, uh, redraft is more about pocket analysis, like beyond the players that are available and actually produce um, every single game, which is very rare. That's why they're at the top of drafts. Everyone else, it's like a matter of pockets. Even Cam Akers was unusable until the last six games. Jonathan Taylor, unusable to the last six games. Same as T.Y. Hilton for the four-game stretch, and the list goes on and on of those players. So for redraft, stacking is just a little more complicated because like, you could have played Phillip Rivers with Michael Pittman, for instance, but not T.Y. Hilton. So it's just it's just different in redraft, although I think still grabbing three or four pieces from those offenses is still the way to go, or mm-hmm. at least to always like mentally check. Like you get into a situation and then you first tell yourself, I need to stack, but then you back up from your decision and think about it longer. That's so, right. So uh, go ahead, Matt. Well, I was just going to reset. You started off, Denny, with uh, Alvin Kamara, Calvin Ridley, and A.J. Brown. And yeah. I, I, I had a question about one of the picks in the second round, but I can hold off. Finish your thought. Why did AJ Brown fall to me in the middle of the third round? Uh, is it the knee thing? Because I, 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 Julio combo. It's knee the Julio, Julio combo. Thing. It's the Julio thing. Okay, because I mean, you, you know, don't get he, canceled for a knee in July. He did, but he did, he had two off-season knee surgeries. He played. I mean, he had. Remember, was was it the ankle or the knee early last? Where he like barely the first month, like barely practiced or whatever, and then came and was a freakazoid. Well, <laughs> AJ Brown right now is being discounted for Julio Jones. The thing is. And this is why I love taking the discount on AJ Brown. By the way, Denny, this draft is too good a start. Like you can't get fired yet, and I'm I'm very unhappy. <laughs> I know, there's the time. Team, there's the time. Get let off live. Yeah, this isn't happening so far. Um, it's pretty good. And, but 
every team would have traded for Julio Jones a second round pick and a fourth if he wasn't a risk. That's the thing. And so AJ Brown is getting discounted for this risk, but like the risk is not baked into his ADP beforehand. He was my wide receiver two or three overall, whereas now he's like the wide receiver six or seven. So you could still fall into a legitimate wide receiver one, right? Who could be a wide receiver one, even though Julio is there, but yeah. becomes a wide receiver one if Julio is not, because it's still a risk. And so that's why I like taking the discount because AJ Brown is your wide receiver two is still pretty criminal. Speaking of discounts, um, I, I got to ask yeah. about another discount. Devontae Adams in the second round, obviously that's purely because of Aaron Rodgers' uncertainty, but at some point, I mean, you got to think that's a phenomenal pick, right? It's a great gamble, isn't it? Could be. It is. I mean, because even if it's Jordan Love, what are rookie quarterbacks taught to do or like bad quarterbacks taught to do? Just find find your weapon. Like they they have like the syndrome of just always locking on to the number one weapon. And so much of Devontae's special value, you know, is like his special relationship, so to speak, with Aaron Rodgers, right. the mind meld with Aaron Rodgers. But I mean, the idea that someone as good as Devontae Adams still couldn't be like a late first round pick, early first, second round pick with Jordan Love, I mean, it just doesn't add up because he's going to be instructed, get the ball to Devontae Adams. And like, what even, what are his alternatives? Is Jordan Love and like funnel targets to like Robert Tunyon or Marquez Valdez Scantling? It's like not <laughs> no. even an option. No. So the targets are still just going to be through. They'll be lower quality, but the targets will be so through the roof that yeah, I really don't think the 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 Devante like like uh, ding should mm-hmm. be much more than like four or five picks. So I'm I am uh, picking at four eight next. I I'm going to take Kyle Pitts if he is on the board. Wow, is that too much, Falcon? Is anyone firing Denny for that? Is that are we fired? Fireable yet? Oh yeah. Curious, Denny, that you would be have two Falcons pass catchers, but you don't even want to draft Matt Ryan. Right, right. This is my uh, dilemma. For for Devontae Adams, I will say, remember, this is a 12-team league, not a tournament team. So we're just nitpicking here. But right now, I think Calvin Ridley, given the uncertainty with Adams, has a higher floor. And we're mm-hmm. nitpicking the top tier here. But uh, we're just trying to play for safety and ceiling with a 12-team because we're not trying to beat out 155,000 others. So Ridley, perfectly fine pick. He won't kill you. He's not going to lose your league. What, how do we feel about, because my pick's coming up, how do we feel about a Julio, A.J. Brown, Tannehill stack? Too, Silence. Too, too volatile. <laughs> Silence. Do you think you could get Pitts and Julio? No, Pitts is gone. Oh, okay. So it's it's either Julio, for me right now, it's Julio or Jamar Chase. Is Julio day. going that early now? I didn't even notice that. That's kind of crazy, I mean, right? Yeah, Denny, you're talking about a week one DFS lineup, right? I guess the Cardinals. Yeah, it is a good lineup. <laughs> uh, well, Julio, they made it easy on me. They made that Julio went one pick before me. That's really early for Julio. Man. Is it? Like, look at the receivers there. He's going above Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup, DJ Moore. That's crazy, right? I'm taking Jamar Chase. I don't think so. I would still, I, at that point, I would rather bet on like the stratospheric ceiling of Julio Jones, who. When he's healthy, has never not reached fourteen hundred yards, and like all of his rate stats and like metrics remained the same last year, except for the games played. Not <laughs> sure. sure. Uh, <laughs> so he jammed it all into seven games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Denny just bet on a different ceiling. He just bet on the ceiling of Jamar Chase. What's your What's our panel's reaction to that? My favorite stat going around for Jamar Chase is uh, Rich Rebar said that if Jamar Chase's current ADP holds it would be the second highest ADP ever for a rookie wide receiver, Man. only behind Amari Cooper's rookie year, uh, which tells you it's an anomaly. Having said that, Denny, if you do have Jamar Chase ranked above all these guys, <laughs> there's no, there's really no complaint because we're just nitpicking that third tier of receivers at this point. Right. Yeah, I, I, I really do love – I love Chase in, in this offense. 
the familiarity with the offense with with Joe Burrow. The the reports out of offseason camps, we can't put too much stock in those, obviously. But man, the ones about Chase are exciting. They are, I dare I say, mouthwatering the way that uh, beat writers are describing his usage in that offense. And I mean, I'll say like, so it is an anomaly, but I do, I think Jamar Chase is the best receiver prospect since Amari Cooper. So it makes sense to me. Uh, It is, I've seen some people talk about, you know, like you kind of never lose money fading rookie receivers. There have been, of course, lots of exceptions, Odell Beckham, Justin Jefferson, but in general, it's a good rule to follow. But I mean, I do think the Amari comparable uh, makes sense. Amari, I'm looking at was barely a wide receiver three, by average points his rookie season. Obviously, that has nothing to do whatsoever with this situation. But <laughs> I, I do think it's good company. I, I do think it's appropriate company for Jamar Chase to keep. It probably Denny probably yeah. overdrafted him. But uh but yeah, so well, we're, getting, was, we're not firing territory yet. We're getting we're beginning to build a case. Like this is like the first strike. Yeah, the hall is definitely cracking here. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um all right. Well, uh I, I believe DJ Moore has fallen below his his ADP. Although Josh Allen is looking really good at this point to me um, in this part of the draft. This is it, where I – Just so I, we're clear, a fifth-round quarterback, for someone like you, that is an instant firing. Um, just so we, I, I'm we doing need it. Just did persona. It. I'm we sorry. We need your brands to be consistent. We need it to I, match up. We need you to walk I, the walk, talk the talk. This is a new era, Pat, um, and uh, I cannot play fantasy like it's 2012 <laughs> anymore. So that's <laughs> – so anyway, I went, I went with Josh Allen. Uh, my, my plan here is, and I hope everybody who's drafting with me is also listening to me. That would be nice. Um, my plan here is to stack him with somebody <laughs> with, um, someone with, with, with uh, preferably actually Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Big Emmanuel Sanders, uh, fluff on, uh, I saw it on NBC sports edge just today, I think, right. The other day. Yeah. Recently? Yesterday. Yep. Yep. Yours truly wrote that. And, and, uh, <laughs> and he's, he's going, uh, three rounds, at least he was before that blurb. Three rounds uh, after Gabriel Davis, who of course has been canceled, and um, <laughs> and uh, so I, I I do like stacking. Allen was saying, of course you want to stack Diggs, uh, but I I didn't have a shot at Diggs. He he went several picks before my second round. I'm, I'm going to cancel Matt as host real quick because I want to ask John a question where. Josh Allen, he was the QB one by raw points last year and by average points amongst players who were healthy the whole season. It's like Dak Prescott averaged more points for his five games. How comfortable are you like just saying is Josh, are you comfortable saying Josh Allen's like an ironclad lock to finish top three, say, by average weekly fantasy points? Or is that just is it more a top five? Are you even comfortable saying top five, basically? How comfortable are you and Josh Allen repeating what could have easily been a career year. This is crazy. First of all, that DJ Moore fell this far. I'm yeah. angry. I'm angry on the inside right now. <laughs> yeah. um, but for the Bills, I'm actually well versed because I wrote our Bills preview at the site, NBC Sports Edge. Go to the NFL tab. They have a whole hosting tab for it. 2021 fantasy previews right there. Uh, the issue for the Bills are kind of like the Ravens last year, where we were drafting the Ravens based on what they did the year prior. So we're like drafting the 2019 stats, even though we knew regression was coming. Now, regression for Mahomes after his MVP year, Lamar after his MVP year. Uh, The issue is that regression now for the top guys, they're still top guys because they're that good because they also add fantasy points to the ground. So when Mahomes and 
and Lamar regressed, they were still top five in fantasy points per game. Like Lamar's touchdown rate went from 9%. We knew it couldn't sustain to 6.9, which is still above league average. So like, who cares at all? So there's a little bit of that baked into the bills where everyone's drafting their stats last year. But, and I wrote this in the preview that uh, there's still meat on the bone for the bills because they went to that four game stretch weeks five through eight where they only had 17 days of rest total forced in because of the COVID outbreaks with other teams. Like the Bills did nothing wrong, but the Titans and Nashville won that two-week stretch where they couldn't get anyone off the list and couldn't Mm -hmm. play a healthy game. And then so the Bills had to play four straight games of short rest and without John Brown as well in that stretch. He showed up for the Chiefs game, but remember the film, like he couldn't catch anything. Allen had a couple end zone targets that would have been caught otherwise, and Brown couldn't jump at all to get them in. And so uh, there is that production that was left on the field that I think the Bills have a higher ceiling now, also because Stephon Diggs averaged uh, increased 12 and a half targets per game without John Brown last year in seven games. And so maybe that goes to Sanders and Gabriel Davis. But overall, yes, there's still a ceiling for them. That's why I'm leaving open the idea. But I still in a vacuum have um, Lamar Jackson over Josh Allen, but that's nitpicking. I Am I uncanceled, Pat? You are, yeah. You okay. can ask a question now. Uh, well, I just noticed... You know, we talked about how much Jamar Chase has been talked up by the Bengals. T. Higgins has been quite a lot as well. And we saw him go 50-something. Denny's scrolling is a little hard to keep track of. But 50-something for T. Higgins. Pat, what are your thoughts on uh, on T? I've just had a very recent... Denny, did we have a recent robust conversation on T. Higgins? Or am I hallucinating? <laughs> no, uh, we, we did. We did, yeah. And what, where did we settle? I think that... Um, oh no, this was me with Sigmund Bloom on the couch uh, with T. Higgins, where I, I've, I think I'm kind of overly fixating on the negative case with T. Higgins. Like he's got this best receiver prospect since Amari Cooper joining the receiver core. Instead of just focusing on the fact that T. Higgins was a second round rookie, like a top 40 pick who immediately did what he was supposed to do. And now I'm kind of trying to decide, like, should I focus on the fact that you know, we've got this alpha coming in the offense or just ignore that? and focus on the fact that we had a rookie who had a special year, basically, for a second-round rookie, mm-hmm. did exactly what he was supposed to do, was the player we wanted him to be. Like, for, you know, he didn't start the year quite at that role, but, like, forced their hand very early in the season. And I, I do think T. Higgins was kind of similar. Like, oh, you know, I can be, like, a simplistic. I'm not going to draft. I'm just worried about T. Higgins. But I think the ADP has kind of depressed too much at this point. And there's going to be a T. Higgins value bubble here pretty soon. We're just – he got faded too far because it is a concerning variable, like this elite prospect joining the receiver core. But I mean, they, they, he's replacing a position like Jamar Chase is sliding into a position that had tons of targets last year. You know, they, like AJ Green vacated tons. So I think there's probably enough targets to go around. And people like me have been like too simplistic with the T Higgins situation mm-hmm. and it's becoming a value. I, I'll have a lot more T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. I do currently, and we'll finish the year like that, if only because we've talked about the stats over and over again with everyone. It's the month-long exodus right now. Nothing's happening. Vinny did a good job of recrafting blurbs yesterday, but let's be honest, like those were <laughs> that was news from like two weeks ago. We knew that. So uh, congrats to everyone just waking up and tweeting all that stuff out. But with T. Higgins, uh, the Bengals, the offense, we know, with Joe Burrow, first and pass attempts, dropbacks per game, also first and plays per game, and pace and neutral game script per established runs Pat Thorman. And so I prefer to just take the two receivers that fall. And the two receivers that continue to fall are, of course, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I love Jamar Chase, but getting him jammed into that tier where I like the other players as well, um, it's too rich for me, personally. Mm. 
All right, so Denny, feel... you've gone on auto draft, by the way, right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I have not. No, he has a good draft going. Actually, I have. So. A, it's pretty good. Take yeah. us through it. Take yeah. us through it. All yeah. right, yeah. This so is his first I, good draft, so let him have it. I'm a, <laughs> you monsters. Um, I, I'm up. I, I have ten seconds. Uh, I want. I want Devonte Smith. Do is it. This, is this Do not it. something that we? We are doing. You've only got. Five I would seconds. instantly rehire you if you did this one. Really? I yeah. uh, explain. I just love Devontae. Well, you explain first, Denny. All right. Lack of target competition. Mine is. I just think special talent, which is a dumb reason. That doesn't matter when it comes to ADPs and values. But Devontae Smith is someone I just having a hard time staying away. I think everyone kind of galaxy brained Devontae Smith, and they're like. I'm gonna sound like a scout from the '80s, but like the dude's just a football player. I mean, he's just an elite. Like he's just he's just a special combination of skills from right. Devonte Smith. And you sound like John Gruden for a second there, Pat. I know. And just like unprecedented yeah, yeah. production. I mean, it is and, uh, the production is out of control. Becoming the alpha in a receiver core with like four first round receivers, it's pretty crazy. And uh, I mean, it is concerning that he weighs less than me. I can't get past that one, but. Uh, I just think he's a special player, and I think that everyone has overthought Devontae Smith. Yeah, basically. just uh, a football player, just a football player. So, what what is, what is the argument uh, against? Where where would you take him, John? A little bit lower than that. I don't have much just because since it is pretty much an ambiguous receiving core, uh, I just take Jalen Rager who falls more. It's still two first round receivers in the same offense. Plus Dallas Goddard, we know is still going to be a vital part of it, and we still have questions about Jalen Hurts' arm since he was. Very inaccurate. He's always been inaccurate. Um, he's just going to chunk it downfield. And so maybe if Devontae gets those downfield targets, but to me, like there isn't a concise argument. Being a football guy didn't really sell me. So uh, <laughs> I, I get Sold it. And by me, the way, like, I, think, I think JJ Zacharyson and Ian Harditz are also higher on Devontae Smith, but I can't, you know, I just need a harder yeah. sell. I can't. I mean, get John, there. you're, I mean, like in my eye too, is more, I'm just talking purely from like rookie real life success. And like I haven't really pondered Devontae Smith's ADP yet. And yeah. And I do feel like people like, so I just made like a, a football guy argument in favor of Devonte Smith. I do feel like some of the anti fantasy takes have also been like football guy arguments against oh, just like, kind of like he's too small. And like, no, he's the yeah, some of the real life guy. stuff is like bleeding into the fantasy stuff. I kind of feel like, I don't know, Pat. I think, I think Devonte Smith is the ultimate football guy, football guy. No, he uh, is. But I'm saying those argument people are using football guy arguments in favor of him, but they're also using football guy arguments like against him. This being like he, oh, he's too small. You know, like he doesn't but, fit the, the prototype. No, it's the I analytics would, folks who are doing that. Go ahead. I would say my that. argument isn't an argument at all. It's just like I don't know, and I don't know how someone could decisively say that Devonta Smith would have a higher target share than Jalen Rager. Um, again, two first round rounds. Well, really? First off, how, how do you guys just not want a piece of this Eagles passing offense? Am I right, <laughs> right. folks? I mean, it's um, disgusting. I, I agree. That you know that part, Denny. Before you took Devonta Smith, you took he, Robbie Anderson, correct? Uh, Robbie Anderson, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, and I, I had to take him a little bit earlier than I wanted to, just because I, I would not. He would not have come back around. All right, it's my turn. So, so Denny's um, in the Denny, rare you've had Emmanuel Sanders. Back. Sorry, Pat. You've had Emmanuel Sanders in your queue for about an hour and a half now. We've only been in this draft for 20 minutes. Dude, I don't want to forget him. <laughs> Denny, this is a rare one running back league, correct? This is the um, – yes, it is. Um, this is the rare process. Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm running out of time. All right. It's uh, it's Gus, Gus bus season going in, going with Gus in the eighth. I hate that, actually. I usually get him in the ninth, but uh, I waited too long there, and I was running out of time. My uh, – Yeah, go ahead. My only issue with Gus here, um, 
even though it's a 12 team league, so it's perfectly fine, not a tournament. But when I take a strong elite RB1 like you did to start, I don't think you need the floor of Gus Edwards because I do question Gus Edwards' ceiling, even if J.K. Dobbins are sure. out. I think that's the build you can start focusing on AJ Dillon, Tony Pollard as your RB2 because the little they would give you um, still doesn't matter since you have a strong RB1 basically filling two spots. And then once, if if something happens, we know those players and others as well become RB1s in the, in the starter stead. John made just a great point about Gus Edwards. I have to say, we're like, we focus a lot on like people aren't paying enough attentions, attention to the positives with Gus Edwards. They, like he's going to have stand like much higher standalone value than I think a lot yes. of people think. But John makes the point, the correct point where if J.K. Dobbins does get hurt, it's not like Gus's role will dramatically change. I mean, I'm sure he'll see like an uptick in carries, but it's not, you know, they're just going to get more guys involved. And like Gus's role might just kind of be the same no matter who else is up in the backfield. So something that really uh, impacted the way I, I see these drafts, uh, especially before we get into like like regular, uh, well-adjusted people drafting season, um, is uh, the, recent, the recent pieces on NBC Sports Edge from Pat Corain and from Jack Miller on, on rookie wide receivers and their importance in, in redraft leagues uh, and the fact that they're often underdrafted. So, so that, that definitely has affected the way I'm looking at a guy like Smith, you know, like a guy like Chase, um, others down the board as well. It's, I mean, I, I agree, but it feels like an overreaction to the pieces. And by the way, everyone, <laughs> everyone should go read those pieces because I did as well. And like, it's such good work. Uh, Jack Miller's points about rookie running backs have a higher win rate in best ball than veteran running backs. It's only 0.3%, but like that matters in particular because their production increases from week eight on. I kind of just subscribe, uh, describe the piece. I'm sorry, Jack. Everyone should still go read it. But, um, but man, it's so good. All right. So I, I want the, I desperately want that Tannehill AJ Brown stack. Sure. So I'm I'm taking him over Higby and Goddard. I think Goddard would be a great pick here if I didn't have Smith. I think taking two two pieces of that Philadelphia passing attack or whatever you want to call it is bad bad process. So I took Ryan Tannehill. Didn't he, even in best ball, two quarterbacks in your first nine picks. Curious. It um, is it is curious. It makes you wonder how I host a podcast based on streaming. Also, when your first quarterback is a top five guy, and then you still get a top ten guy with your second quarterback. Curious. <laughs> uh, you check the bye weeks, right? Before you drafted. Uh, sure. You did, yeah. He <laughs> checked the bye weeks right now. He was texting Go to your me. roster real quick. Exit the board. Oh, exit the board. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And then just scroll down. Oh, yeah, I gotcha. There you go. Seven. Yeah, you knew that so, all along. Right? I, I did. Had a week I yeah. I mean, yeah. I knew on some level. On some level, John, I knew that that was the case. I want to ask you guys about a name that was in Denny's queue a minute ago when he took Gus Edwards, Zach Moss, who recently also got a pretty favorable write-up. Pat is wincing. Was that a Zach Moss wince? Is is anyone buying in on Zach Moss as a late round running back at this point? He just went, I think, a couple picks ago. I just well, kind of feel like we already see. I'll just share my thoughts real quick. We already see like the twenty twenty cycle kind of repeating itself, where like everyone wants to hate Devin Singletary, kind of understandably so. But by the end of the year, I mean, Devin Singletary is essentially the last man standing. I mean, he never fully vanquished Zach Moss, but Zach Moss was like a, a wounded entity by the end of last season. And we're just kind of already seeing, like, people understandably not wanting to believe in Devin Singletary, I feel like is creating, like, unrealistically high expectations for Zach Moss uh, for the second year in a row. So, again, well-versed on the Bills. I'm taking this straight from the preview that uh, Bills running backs averaged the fourth fewest combined touches per game last year, only mm-hmm. 21 and a half. 
So splitting touches to begin with. But in the 14 games that Moss and Devin Singletary were healthy together, uh, split carries. Moss had 119 to 117. Singletary out-targeted Moss 38 to 21 as the pass catching back. But as we know, Moss is still like the bruising guy inside the five. The thing is, he's also splitting those carries with Josh Allen um, 11 to 8 in those games and will continue to do so this year. Like Josh Allen suddenly isn't going to stop running the ball inside the five. Like I understand that maybe there's touchdown regression coming since he's had eight touchdowns the past two years, but the opportunities don't stop. Maybe just the success in that range stops. So to me, he's still a guy, no matter what happens, is going to split fruitful touches both between the 20s and inside the five. The uh, the athletics beat writer for the Bills, uh, who who spoke you know very intelligently about fantasy, about the fantasy implications of of uh, you know Bill's skill position players and and how they're being used in offseason practice. I was very impressed. He you know he said that Moss's foot injury or his toe injury last year really set him back as far as learning the offense, becoming you know incorporated into the offense on a consistent basis. Um, I, I I do think that Devin Singletary's shot at being the number the unquestioned number one back that going so poorly pr- from a production standpoint. Mm-hmm is a uh, point in uh, in Moss's favor. Is Zach Moss good, though? Like, Does it matter? Legit question. I mean, it kind of matters a little bit because, like, it's a team that will abandon the run on a dime, and I still think Devin Singletary has the pass-catching advantage, uh, right? Even if it's small, I don't know. I, I want to – yeah – I'll, I'll say something about I want Denny to walk yeah. us through this pick real quick. So I, I, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit late on, on tight end. It's kind of been a disaster since I missed out on Pitts and then I missed out on Hawkinson. I wanted one of those two guys. Uh, so I'm putting my trust in Tua being less terrible this year. Uh, and Gusecki being out there for a lot of snaps. I'm going with Gusecki as my tight end one, which doesn't feel good guys. It doesn't feel great. No, it shouldn't either. Uh, who, <laughs> he was inconsistent with the targets, even when they were desperate for targets last year. Now they've added Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle. Curious. Danny. Yeah, no, Curious. no, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not thrilled about it. But you know, you, in best ball, you 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 get to the point where, at least for me, I find myself in the in the cute territory with tight end. I'm getting way too cute sometimes, and you're ending up with guys who, you know, might not be on the week one roster, and if they are they're on the bench or they're a blocking tight end or whatever. See, you so. took Jaseki over Tunyon, John in a vacuum. Oh, yeah, are you doing definitely. Tunyon? Are you doing Tunyon or Jaseki? I, I have Jaseki over Tunyon, but I have Irv Smith over both. That's the part that frustrates me. Can not, I just say not, not the Tunyon. I'm going to get an unhealthy amount of pleasure out of Emmanuel Sanders being taken from Denny because he waited too long. <laughs> I, I am no, really no. waiting for this moment. Look, 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 I'm waiting. I, here's, here's what I'm doing. Okay. So I, I marked him. Where the heck is Emmanuel Sanders on this board? Well, anyway, you have all the positions highlighted, first of all. It's pretty take insane a while. that the only flag I, you planted was Emmanuel. The only Q I, flag you planted was Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> I don't want to forget. This is the thing. I always, for, I, I tend to forget where I, I'll get past his ADP and I'll be like, wait, okay, now it's time to, oh, well, what are you going to do? At this range, uh, nevertheless. I mean, at this range, you can also, Gabriel Davis in 13, 14 will probably be better than Emmanuel Sanders. Like you still want to bet on the what is he twenty two? Like last year was his twenty one year old season. You want to bet on the explosive twenty two year old who produced in a limited role, a fourth round pick who forced his way onto the field for the thirty four year old. Yeah, Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So am I am I going rookie overload if I get Elijah Moore here to add to Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith? I mean, Elijah Moore is a better pick than Devonta Smith right now. I'm kind of surprised Elijah's ADPs not exploded even more. So I think Elijah would be a pretty good pick. Stay, stay, man. It is odd, right? That like he's been the hype machine. He's been paying the bills for us at NBC Sports Edge. And uh, yet his ADP isn't moving. I guess people are that down on the Jets. Curious. Come on, come on. Survive one more. All right. Uh, They took Davis. I'm I'm taking more. Yeah, I mean, to me, like the darling of the spring – falling to the 11th round and like a, a, like a best ball draft on a hardcore site. Like these are the people who are like so dialed in, so tuned in. It is pretty shocking to me that Elijah Moore his ADP is not, I mean, I, I would almost expect to be in like the top 100 at this point. And it's not even close. And oh my gosh. Are people getting too savvy? Just, I think people are getting too savvy almost like where they're afraid to pursue passion, passion projects at this well, point. You look at the range that Elijah Moore was drafted in where Denny grabbed him. And it's just like, you look at those names and you're totally fine grabbing knowing he's a higher ceiling than the rest of those players. Even if they do roll out four or five receivers, which is I guess what they're going to do, unless they truly do stick Denzel Mims on the second string all the time. Um, and Denzel Mims, Pat, what are we going to do here? You know, it's, it's bleak. It's it really, hurts. really bleak. Pat and Chris Herndon really hurts. I had to remove a a, Denzel, a positive Denzel Mims blurb I had from the draft guide when we were down in Alabama <laughs> editing the draft guide. Like, I can't be associated with this <laughs> anymore. And, I mean, uh, I, in the early drafts, I had Chris Herndon as just tied in two builds and my backup, knowing he had a ceiling. Guess what? He can't even get on the first string team. So no, who is the veteran that's canceling Chris Herndon Tyler, lately? Tyler Crom oh, yeah. hasn't oh, been healthy in three years. I was hoping it was going to be that undrafted free agent tight end they have. Uh, the guy from one of the Mississippi schools, I think. Uh, what's that guy's name? Um, but Elijah the Jets Moore. have an intriguing undrafted free agent tight end rookie. And they're all Javon just getting. Cole? No, they're all just getting beaten out by Tyler Croft. So there's no point in even remembering their names anymore. Um, it's very, very, very sad. All right. So uh, when, when you, John, when you were talking about your, your strategy where you, you get an anchor RV yeah. and then you're, you're not looking for floor, right? So of the running backs available, who, who jumps out to you? Like um, you have Heinz, Madison, McKissick, Coleman, Cohen, Bernard, any of those guys? Pat loves Tevin Coleman. <laughs> I would wait on Geo um, or James White, depending yes, how many right. you're looking to grab with this bill. Uh, Alexander Madison, the issue, this is why I, I favor Tony Pollard, AJ Dillon with these builds, because those are guys like Latavius Murray as well, who become RB1s. Uh, Alexander Madison, two straight starts now for Dalvin Cook. He's been game scripted off the field in place of Amir Dula. So it's just one of those things where he could be, but also he's not really an RB1. So uh, I, I, I kind of want, you know, as Pat, as Pat would call him, I don't call him this, but Pat would call him the Ferk daddy. And I'm, I'm uncomfortable saying that. Uh, but uh, he, I'm thinking tw- at the 12, eight, I'm thinking I'm leaning that way over my guy, Blake Jarwin and Tunyon. over Gerald 
Everett and Tunyon is Tun. Is, I, I can't get it with Tunyon. The Tun Daddy's still out there. I can't get with him with with Rogers maybe not playing. I, I just he's the he, thing he is was, with Tunyon. He was f- tied for fifth in the league in touchdowns last year. Yeah, but he's not even the number one red zone option on his own team. Yeah, so uh, it's very his, it, his, it's his touchdown rate was 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 you know out of this world. No, it, just, it was it was sustainable. <laughs> Tunyon totaled. 14 for 170 yards and two touchdowns in his first two seasons in the league. And then last year, 52 for 580 and 11. Like, where the hell did that come from? So I just question if that's actually sustainable yet again. They were alley-ooping to him like he was like DeAndre Jordan or something in his prime. <laughs> that one's for Matt. Man. I appreciate that. I actually don't think Jordan Love would be as bad as everyone believes. Really? But, but like, we know he's not keeping two guys afloat let alone one. And like, it's probably not going to be Tunyon. He's going to be the odd man out. I'm not missing out on Sanders guys. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's fine. I got Sanders. <laughs> well, come on. Clip that, clip that producers right there. Uh, Adam, uh, Brian, whoever's watching. I got Sanders. There you go. Then I, I, you can log out now. You know, you, you, you get a 34 year old uh, wide receiver on his 14th yeah. team. You log out after that. Cause it's you over. Do. I, the Jets tight end I was thinking of, by the way, Kenny Yaboa. I knew he went to a Mississippi school, Ole Miss. Mm, yeah. Um, pass catcher, folks. Um, but, yeah, apparently he's not as good as Tyler Croft. So, Denny, with this yes. two RBs right now, um, again, 12-man, <laughs> not a tournament. So, usually in a tournament, we'd probably argue four RB build. But with 12-man, mm-hmm. are you looking into five right now? I, I, I am I'm leaning toward five, depending on yeah. where, like, I really desperately want to get Geo – who now I'm probably over leveraged on here. Yeah, I mean, Geo, I mean, I know we're looking for like the Tom Brady undead pass catching RB <laughs> zombie <laughs> army, but it is getting a little uh, Geo. I'm seeing some some real summer boredom with the Geo bubble lately. But I, I feel like the bubble is not being acknowledged by everyone. It's it actually just, is true. I mean, it is a thing. It's well, me. It's me and five other people on Twitter. Rojo or Fournette both just failed spectacularly in the role last year. The frustrating part is that like Bernard actually fits. Denny wrote this piece, by the way, on uh, running backs, like what we look for in late round running backs when doing ZRRB builds, because of course he wrote about ZRRB. And like Geo fits the notion of a statue quarterback who doesn't take away rushing attempts and also like lends to a higher target share to running backs. Like that's Geo. That's James White if Matt Jones is under center. That's the thing about the late round running backs is that they actually fit those trends this year. I kind of had Denny pegged as a Philip Lindsay guy. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, uh, you're, <laughs> better you're than not David Johnson guy. Yeah, you're not entirely wrong. But Johnson's going in like the 13th round now. Isn't that wild? Denny's a Buddy Howell guy. Too too early. Too early. <laughs> too early. <laughs> <laughs> I right. mean, what do you get? It's like drafting Jordan Howard. Look, what do you really get if you win on David Johnson? Really, like 11 know. carries for 40 yards? Is that what you win? Ah, uh, the. Jordan Howard experience was very bleak last year. Thanks for the reminder. Of <laughs> Seven that. for nine and two touchdowns. Um, so J- James White, I think, gets really is is more interesting today. I took Ferkser by the way. The Ferk Daddy is on the team. There He's my go. my tight end too. I stacked him alongside AJ Brown and Ryan Tannehill, going all in on the Titans, who are sure to devastate me this year. Um, uh, what was I saying? Uh, oh, the, the the prospect of Mac Jones starting for New England, which which is a real prospect makes James White way, way more appealing uh, in, in every in every format. And uh, so I, I, I actually kind of toggle between him and, and Gio at this point. 
And for 12-team leagues, I just want to remind everyone, it actually comes down more to roster construction to be plus E than it is like um, singling out individual player arguments. Like as long as you get it right in two or three and then four or five and eight or nine and then two or three tight ends, like all the way down, that's just, that's perfectly fine. You're already setting yourself up for success. And also like Denny's doing, watch the bye weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but what are what are bye weeks now can you just, uh, yeah. um, uh, they right, are things me... that last into week 14 this year because the nfl wanted us to have the longest football season ever uh, we're we're on the verge of a 26 week season it's, oh, it's gonna happen. don't don't do it <laughs> can't wait can't wait for christmas week to be just another work week guys it's gonna be really great uh two christmas love, games pat two. we I love thought, the nfl don't we folks can't wait to argue with you about who's working this <laughs> I, I thought the nfl loved america and christmas so i i, I, I gotta s- get personal real quick here for denny denny i never knew we've never discussed your heritage before I now know you are descended from the Mayflower Puritans um, because of your discomfort with saying the phrase "Firk, Daddy." Oh yeah, um, no, yeah, dude. You were looking am. to establish paradise here on Earth with your splitting <laughs> off from the Church of England when you immigrated to Plymouth, yeah. and uh, you are not. Com- uh, you will never be comfortable with phrases like "Firk, Daddy." A hundred percent. No, no, no. None of my ancestry, going back, you know, six generations of fantasy drafters. Uh, have been have been comfortable saying Ferk Daddy, no. It's true. Also, uh, another behind the scenes Denny look. Uh, Pat, you sent out like the schedule of Saturday blurbing that we all chip in on, and like the week Denny took off of news, we are in the same location. Denny, you and I are in Cape Cod together, and like I'm working the news, but you're off that week. So like <laughs> I'm the psycho. I know that, but uh, it's just funny <laughs> that I will literally be in your vicinity, and yet I'll be the one working. You can trade, by the way, guys. Uh, yeah, right, right. We we can we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, let's get an email thread going after the pod. And no. uh, I I didn't realize that. This is how you know we're the most exciting part of the draft. This is where you guys really have to perk up when they start trading shifts during the draft. That's when things are really getting heated. The people are tuned in. <laughs> this is compelling. It's compelling podcasting. Is what it is. It's uh, it's July. It's totally yeah. fun. Denny, it's round fourteen. Who have you yeah. taken the past few picks? Who, who are we closing yeah, out? It's Getting hard to close say. To closing yeah, out let's get a look at that roster. Let's get a gander at that roster. All right, let's let's go with the roster. Okay, so in in round eight, I went with uh, Gus Edwards, then Tannehill in ninth, Gasecki, worst pick ever in the tenth. Yeah, uh, Elijah Moore eleventh. All right, all right. Uh, <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders in the twelfth. Uh, the Firk stir. Uh, in, in the 13th can you afford to not take any more running backs or are these all running backs from here on out it's yeah i'm gonna go yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go <laughs> you have to, you have to. oh got, geo's oh, gone there goes geo what the, oh my lord yeah the, it's phil, honestly I, I would say it's phil Lindsay time i actually would like the, the phil, i think phil Lindsay's gonna lead the texans uh, backfield and touches uh, the, the sadness about geo being gone i don't think i've ever seen that in his no life. yeah denny wait the file is getting pretty thick on the firing i was kind of hoping it'd be open and shut case when we presented this the higher no. ups. It's not open and shut yet, but you, Guys, you can make it happen. You don't understand. So listen, my our guy Jack Miller has made a a valid and solid case for James White. Uh, yeah, p- p- picking up where he left off before Cam came in and ruined everything in New England. So Mac Jones, <laughs> he's starting, and I'm drafting James White. He shouldn't. James White shouldn't be your RB two, but yeah, sure. RB three. I know. Same guy. Yeah. Regarding the firing, Pat, I think Denny officially stamped it earlier, didn't he? Because you said if you take this guy, it's over. And he said, I'm doing it. And so it's done. Who was it? Was it Giuseppe? I don't even remember who it was. No, it was before uh, that. Yeah, you know, I, I do regret. That's that's the pick I regret. John is right about that. Irv Smith was the play. Yeah. Um, I feel like I have like 
that that little kernel in the back of my brain where Mike Zimmer was like, Irv Smith never heard of him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. We have another guy. He's going to catch passes for whatever. Uh, that's that's the difference in sifting through the OTA news because I I do believe, of course, that uh, it matters, but some of it doesn't. And like the fact that Zimmer said no. Irv Smith's role doesn't change. That's false because when Kyle Rudolph was out last year, it did change. Like a lot of it was touchdown production, but he was still running around on 90% of the Vikings dropbacks. And so like, if he's saying that role isn't going to change, sure. That's the role we want anyway. So I don't care. Tyler Conklin was the tight end too in that position. And Tyler Conklin is still a primary run blocking tight end. So it doesn't matter. Like that's I don't, a good point. Job. It was a little, it was a strange, it was strange to me from. He's just grumpy. It'd be a classic situation so for a coach to start pumping up a guy but instead, he's talking about him like a rookie. You know, it's like a guy who's been with the team what now three years. Like he's, they need him for a bigger role. And like even if the role will not, by the letter of the law, be changing, I did think it was strange that he did. <laughs> he used the opportunity, yeah, to be just completely yeah. grumpy and not talking about. He was like, he was like, yeah, he was like, is Irv Smith's role going to change? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen the guy. John's point is extremely <laughs> valid, but I just, I thought it was strange coaching not to use it as an opportunity to, I, to talk him up. I do agree, but yeah, uh, Ursus' role did change, it and did. so if it is that role and it doesn't change from that second role, it's very inception what we have going on here, then sure. Like Irv Smith, trust me, he's <laughs> going to be just fine. Like he could be the tear breaker because he is going later when he could easily finish like in the range of Mark Andrews. Can I ask you guys a question real quick? You know, I usually do a two tight end build. If I get a strong tight end, I do not have a strong tight end. I have the Firk daddy and I have uh Gusecki, the tight end three on the dolphins. Right. So, um, <laughs> so are we, am, should I, should I go for three tight ends here? I believe I, I feel like I should. I think the need is too acute at running back just to be honest. Yeah. But John well, no. is, John is the, the, uh, the best ball daddy. So what you, you, you need another running back, another tight end. Right. Um, I mean, I, what are we sacrificing if you go, why is Philip Lindsay in the queue? My God. Uh, go to the tight end. <laughs> That's the only guy in the queue. That's the only guy. <laughs> um, I have Hooper, Ertz, Ebron. Yeah, I mean. You need I mean, a third quarterback, I think. Bro, that's Another QB1. No, no, no. I'm going to wait on OJ Howard. Wait, are we not? Can, is, is is Lindsay canceled? I, I need to take a running back. Oh, you have you have 10 seconds. I would take Lindsay. I mean, I think Lindsay's a that's, good pick. Yeah, that's fine. I, there's nobody else. I mean, there's there's Ramadre Stevenson, Ooh. I guess. And you can't draft Penny because he's still injured. Uh, the other guys are late round pass catchers like Kenny Gainwell and Damian Williams, Jared McKinnon. I, yeah, you know, McKinnon, no, I can't do it. Samaji P. Ryan, who's accidentally left in the running back queue by underdog fantasy. Surely he doesn't have a role this year. Uh, no, he does. That was a, yeah. a, a weird dystopian joke. Look at Wayne Gallman just sitting there. Yeah. Incredible. Well, I mean, Wayne Gallman, <laughs> he's, on, <laughs> he's on all Daigle team, so we don't need Denny to, to get fired right now on behalf of Wayne Gallman. Listen, I, I love OJ Howard as like an upside last round pick in best ball. What do we think? If you want to wait for the last round, that's fine. But I will try to sell you on Zach Ertz mm. since it is probably a 75% chance he's going to the Bills and you have oh, Josh Allen. That's juicy. I that's believe good. narrative that's street, too. Good. I just think Bruce Arians doesn't like O.J. Howard, even though he's <laughs> kind of started talking him up again recently. I just think he doesn't like the guy. No, that John, that, that you know, I, I didn't know how seriously to take that talk. I mean, he's basically like been on the Bills, Zach Ertz, for like six months now. Um, <laughs> you know, living in but, Buffalo already. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, no, 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 he's, he's the play. You're right. He is the play because, because 
I have Josh Allen. And and we you know when I think the pushback would be, well, Ertz is cooked. You know, he's he's not what he used to be. But he was he's never someone who's like relied on, you know, a, an unbelievable amount of athleticism to get by. You know, he's cooked, he's yeah. he's Jason Witten. Yeah, so we've seen cooked tight ends hold on for like seven years if you have if you have reliable hands. He's a pontoon boat. He catches the ball and falls over. Like that's it. He's <laughs> yeah. not explosive at all. Also, yes. I, I fear the answer to this, but what is your opinion on Buffalo Wings, Denny? Do the right thing, Denny. <laughs> Do the right thing. John is trying to get you Wait. fired. John knows <laughs> the case file wasn't big enough during the draft, and he wants you to get fired right now. But do the right thing, Denny. Is it possible to have a negative opinion of Buffalo Wings? What's <laughs> well, the- we have Denny on the line right now, so let's I go feel, to him. I feel like I'm being set up by the FBI right now. Um, uh, so they, they can be good. It's possible. Pat. Sign the document. All right, just end the show. <laughs> it's possible. Old oh. Bay wings are good, and I don't care. Oh, Christ, I, I, I don't care if you hate the state of Maryland. <laughs> you got to have them. I do like Old Bay. I had Old Bay for the first time on oysters because you sprinkle it on. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and that is very, very good. I support Old Bay. Uh, I do not support you, but I support Old Bay. <laughs> what a deflection by Denny there, by the way. He took it straight to yeah. Old Bay. Denny so just froze like he was getting questioned <laughs> by like rebel soldiers in the American Revolution if he was a loyalist when he was asked if chicken wings were good, the best food on the planet. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I, I eat them. I, I, I do. I do eat them. I think that some of them are are, are vastly overrated and kind of this and kind of too, there's too much stuff on them. You know what I mean? Too much. I don't know what you mean. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings can put that on the billboard now. I eat them. Denny Carter. (laughs) (laughs) They are edible. That's what I'll say. All right, Denny, your pick is coming up. All right, I'm going to go with Ertz. Thank you for that input. Um, Let's go with Ertz. If he goes, I think you should take a running back. Okay, now, obviously. Now, we got to go running back. Yes. I'm taking OJ Howard off the board, Matt. Okay. I don't know why I said Matt. No, I'm watching your Um, cue closely. I appreciate it. Wait, how yeah, many yeah. rounds is this? I thought it was 16 for some reason. It's 35. Wow. Uh, 18. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not 30. Okay, okay. FMPC All right. is 35. Uh, but, that's going to be – we don't have time for that. So so here here are – you know, we have Stevenson. I like Stevenson. I have White. Of course, they won't have the same role. Yes, correct. In in that offense. I'm not I'm not drafting Marlon Mack. I would like, – I just love Ramondre Stevenson where he's got two very beatable guys in early downs – and Sony Michelle and Damian Harris. And like, unlike those two, he's not a zero in the passing game. So especially like zero downside part of the board. I think Ramondre Stevenson really does have a lot of upside. And, and maybe, 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 sorry, John, maybe Damian Harrison isn't easy. Damian Harris isn't easy to jump, but he's not impossible to jump. But sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to add to your point and say uh, in a 12 team league, especially, I think it makes sense to, of course they have the same bye week. So you have to add another running back, but you're basically getting both game scripts for the Patriots, like falling behind James White or ahead in the goal line guy in Ramondre Stevenson, especially since it's still very heavily rumored. I'd say it's almost 95% sure that Sony Michelle is going to be a uh, training okay. camp cut, like right. on the final day. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I don't hate to – yeah, um, I actually got, did that a few weeks ago and got a lot of pushback. Well, why, how, how could you possibly take two – uh, secondary or tertiary running backs from the same backfield, but when you consider the way Josh McDaniels uses the the running backs, it's it, it makes sense. It's one of the only teams where you, you can do that. Is it the only team, perhaps, that, where you can do that and it's a viable thing? 
what do we think about Darrington Evans? I mean, Darrington Evans is an absolute 0.0 as long as Derrick Henry is upright, correct? Correct. And I mean, I feel like it was very strange what went on in the Titans backfield behind Derrick Henry last year. Where, like they were, they were like, when they mixed in non Derrick Henry backfield touches, it was like dudes that you barely even remembered on the roster, like going to like the 50th or 51st guy on the roster. It, it seemed like they just didn't care whatsoever who it was. They, they didn't, they never trusted Darrington Evans as a rookie. And it would seem like they were just giving touches to any warm body who happened to be on the roster when they needed to spell Derrick Henry. And just, to, it was just a strange situation. It was Derrick Henry last year. They, they had Jeremy McNichols taking snaps and carries and, and getting targets. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think Derrick Henry is the anomaly player to this, but Derrick Henry does have 827 total touches the past two years. Like, um, maybe falls apart. I doubt it because it's Derrick Henry, but there's that chance. Okay, is, can I get can I get cute here with the last pick? Go ahead. Can I ask a question? Kari Blazing game. What I was just gonna say is, do you guys really believe that Marlon Mack is truly not gonna get any work behind Jonathan Taylor? It's gonna be enough, I would imagine, to be annoying, but not to actually help your best to help your team. Fair enough. That would be my thought. We were just talking about, we were going pretty deep there, so I figured I had to throw Marlon Mack's name into the mix as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he mm-hmm. needs somebody. I feel like that's where this pick comes right. It has to be running back. Does yeah, it? I would say so. He's looking at wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I think it needs to be running back. I mean, Does I guess oh, five, five. I have five. Only I have two of the same bye weeks as the Patriots. I, five is gross already. I can't. God, Philip Lindsay, like as your RB four. I mean, I, I guess, actually, I think you're right, Denny. Maybe it is receiver. Yeah, I, I, I feel. So, is there anybody? So, my my first instinct is to want to look at uh, a pass catcher attached to Allen or Tannehill. I'm not. I don't think that that's going to happen here. No, because like Tannehill would be Josh Reynolds. It would be Reynolds. By the way, producer Brian has weighed in. He just wanted to congratulate Denny on Emmanuel Sanders. He was he was very happy. <laughs> Thank you. It means a lot, you know, as someone who took him as the as the staple, as the main the mainstay, the foundation of my team. Denny, by the way, you will be fired. We're in the last round, but uh, Matt Straub had a hard out today of a 3 p.m. Eastern. If you take all your time on the clock, uh, you will be fine. Oh, no, no, no. I'll be ready to go. You guys don't You guys don't know. I think we're going to make it. All right, stop going down to Freddie Swain. Get up there. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to look that far. I'm giving I'm giving John uh, anxiety here. You by, uh, Kiki we're, at, we're at Anthony Schwartz. We're at fourth rounders who run 4-2 speed, but like have never played football in their life. Get up what there. do we think about Golden Tate? I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Eskridge? Eskridge? I was honestly tempted to say Amari Rogers. He's like the—I thought he was like the missing link in the Packers' offense. I mean, the, the, those targets were going to Alan Lazard last year, and that can't be happening. They need like the tough middle of the field threat, but we have no idea. I—I I mean, I like Amari Rogers. I think Amari Rogers is the underneath slot guy, so I don't have a problem with that. Mm. Um, you know, Dwayne Eskridge. If you—if you want that, Denny. <laughs> if you want to live your life that way, he was injured. He was already injured. No TAs. Uh, he's like twenty-five. Like he has. He has zero time to miss reps. He needs to develop properly, and he's already missed reps. So my my it, for me, it would be between I guess Rogers and Hamler, and Hamler is more of like Hamler's you know, fine. blow the top off type guy. I want to just right? say I want to give Denny credit because it's been made very clear he needs a running back, and he is just flagrantly ignoring that at this point. Oh, I'm not. So, I'm not. I think not John actually decided he didn't. Oh, oh and, okay, um, okay, we're good. So. He has five, and the only ones with the same bye week are the Patriots. And, again, we drafted those two guys because they have different roles. Yeah. Thus, we're assuming one will be usable and have a floor because it's different game scripts that they address. 
Well, and John, he's just got so much upside in his backfield with James White and Philip <laughs> Phil Lindsay. Lindsay and, yeah. yeah, can't go wrong. That's yeah, true. You know, it, it's not easy to find upside at the. Okay, all right. I'm taking Hamler. I'm yeah, taking. I'm I, sorry. Sorry to the haters. I kind of, I kind of like Hamler. Hold on. I, I looked. I'm typing on the spot. I, I wrote about Hamler in our Broncos preview. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. 4.3 targets per game and a team high 230 routes from the slots, and he actually had three top 42 finishes, so uh, three wide receiver four finishes and one top eight in his 13 healthy games, which is wow. pretty good. Here, here's what you can say about Hamler, and, and I love saying this. Don't like him in redraft, love him in best ball. There you go. He is a best ball guy. You are correct. He's a certifiable best ball guy. That is true. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you would have to be in a 16-team league with nine flex spots to feel comfortable playing him, like to feel good, you know, be like, oh, yeah, I have K.J. Hamler on my bench. I'm going to play him this week. Otherwise, you're not. You're not. All right. So, Denny, your draft is complete, right? It is. It is. Should I Should I review my team real quick? Yeah, let's read it out real quick. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Ah, um, all right. So, uh, at, so uh, I'll do it by position. How about? Uh, once the draft ends, yeah, it'll actually show. Right. It'll highlight your team for us. At quarterback, I have Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill. I went with the two quarterback build because, of course, you – when you go, when you invest heavily in your first quarterback, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to go with three. At running back, uh, probably my strongest part of the draft: uh, Kamara, Gus Edwards, uh, James White, Philip Lindsay, Ramadre, Q Stevenson the third, and then at wide receiver, a bunch of guys. You think down. your running back group is stronger than your receiver group? I by think the he way, was joking, yeah, right? It's a, it's a toss-up. <laughs> You're fired. It is a joke. You're fired. It is a joke. Uh, Calvin Ridley, AJ Brown, Jamar Chase are my top three wide receivers. Then you have Robbie Anderson, Devontae Smith, uh, Elijah Moore, Emmanuel Sanders, the main, the the foundation, and KJ Hamler uh, at tight end. Unfortunately, Mike Gusecki over Irv Smith. Uh, Anthony Ferkser and Zach Ertz, who are we are projecting to go uh, to Buffalo, please. And his bye week would then change from week 14 to week seven. So you'd have three different bye weeks for your tight ends. Yes. I think that Zach Ertz did really tie the room together at tight end. I thought yeah. that was a good way to close out the position group. I appreciate it, John. That, that was a good one. I actually don't hate the team. I, I think it's pretty <laughs> good. It's pretty good, actually. It is. If it's, it's like... It's not a tournament. If this was a tournament, uh, I would just say burn your money now. But as a 12 team, just a league, I like it. It's fine. Yeah, I I regret missing out on a tight on a big tight end, big name tight end. Yeah. Danny, if anyone has any comments, what should they do? Just call you on the phone? Is that how you wanna <laughs> I would the say come, uh, as usual, come to my front door and scream <laughs> through the door and I, I will hear you from downstairs. Okay. <laughs> uh, guys, anything to mention on the site before we get out of here, perhaps since we just drafted the draft guide, would that be appropriate? Check out our team preview series. Like John mentioned earlier, someone new going up every weekday. Jack Miller's posting great stuff on the site. Like we said, Pat Corain, the new guy, keeps posting great new stuff. Uh, Kyle Dvorak's going to be posting some stuff. Uh, John and I, I'm assuming, will be posting some stuff at some point in the month of July. Check it all out, folks. Buy our draft guide, too, which is now live. That's right. I have kicker content as well, most importantly, up on the site today, uh, this week. You are fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. NBCSportsEdge.com slash win. Check out the draft guide. It's better than ever this year. What's the the promo code is football10, correct? Good10, I believe. Good10, good okay. Good10. Good ten. That is good10. 10% off. That is the our mutual promo code where you don't have to fight over our last names <laughs> with 10 at the end. So just yes, good10. 
All right, that'll do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening on the podcast and watching live on YouTube. Danny, Pat, Daigle, thanks to you guys as well. We'll see you next week. Get out of here, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.